Hello and welcome to Lawrence Forking, Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen. And today we're going to interview co-owner Regan Pilar from Culinaria. All right. Welcome to the very first episode of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. Kristen and I are so excited to bring this podcast to Lawrence and find out more about the many excellent local restaurants here in town. Yeah, we've been uh, pretty busy the last couple of months. Uh, things sort of got away from us and took us a lot longer to get going than we thought it would. But we think the idea is a really good one. So uh, we just start keeping on, keeping on. Here we are. We're really lucky to have so many great restaurants in town. And, you know, we, we love going out to all these different places, trying the different cuisines that are out there. And we think that's kind of the unique thing of, that we found about Lawrence is, you know, there's just e- every type of food you could possibly want you can find here in Lawrence. Um, and so, you know, it, it really struck us that, you know, it's like, we, we really want to learn more about how do these places come to be? You know, why, why is Lawrence this unique hotspot for all these restaurants? Right. And we figured, you know, we couldn't be the only ones wondering. Um, so figured this would be a good avenue to sort of get to interview some of the owners and chefs here in town and find out some of those stories and share them with everyone else. All right, so today we are talking with the owner of one of our favorite restaurants in Lawrence. Culinaria is home to many great Mediterranean small plates and the smoothest hummus in town. Regan, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, you know, we we love Culinaria. We've been uh, we've been going there, you know, I think for the past year. since it's been since open. it's been open. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, actually, we 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 actually went in. Um, I think you guys were were still setting up, and we went in. And we're like, "You guys open yet?" And we're like, "Oh, not quite yet this weekend." Uh, this weekend. So, oh, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, we love it. We, you know, we we always say it's like whenever people come to town too. You know, we we go in there, and we uh, we always uh, we always say it's oh, it's like going to friend a friend's house. You know, it's very oh. very warm and welcoming uh, awesome. atmosphere, yeah. and obviously, it's a friend that cooks really well. Too, sure. So. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. That's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you originally from Lawrence? Yes. um, Well, more or less. I am originally from Western Kansas, but I moved to Lawrence when I was 10. So I consider where Lawrence is where I came through all of my formative years. Um, And Erin is from Southern California, um, my co-owner and chef and husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he moved out here with his band um, and when he was in his late 20s. And so he's been here since then. Um, so how did you first get into food and then catering and then the restaurant? Yeah. So when I met Aaron, um, in 2005, um, he was very understated about his cooking. Mm -hmm. So he just cooked for himself and friends and various things, but it wasn't anything that he was trained to do or, um, really did in any sort of formal fashion. Uh, but I couldn't believe the food. I mean, as you've mm-hmm. tasted yeah. the food, it's I could not believe that this person was making this food. And he was also in that mode of, you know, we were just met and started dating and he was really trying to be extra impressive. <laughs> and so he was making different stuff all the time. So different genres of cuisine and different, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't believe it. And so for years that went on where, and still to this day, we, when we're eating at home, I'm really like, whoa, (laughs) that's delicious. I'm very, 
active eater. I'm a very enthusiastic eater. Mm. I love yeah. to eat and I love good food. And um, so for years of us doing that, I just kept thinking, I can sell this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that I think more people should be enjoying, but also I know this is something that I can sell. And um, so we decided to go for it with catering because it seemed less risky. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the idea that your products are already purchased before you actually spend money, gotcha. you know, True. so be, yeah. all of it's already already planned. And, um, and so it wasn't quite the same idea as let's just jump out and yeah, yeah, yeah. open up a restaurant. You don't right. need to necessarily have the space and all that figured out. And, oh, exactly. where, do, where do you end up cooking when you when you did, well, first started? So we've actually been in our location okay. for nine years. Uh-huh. Um, but the first year we rented the Bayleaf, the kitchen store uh-huh. um, downtown. We They had a, a back kitchen area where they did cooking classes. Oh, cool. And so we rented that per event for the first year. And so that was a really great way of stair-stepping into it because if we had a month where we didn't have anything, then we didn't have to invest in anything. Right. Um, but then after the year, and we were starting to book for our second year of catering, we, it was just getting to where it was more stuff. And scheduling things um were were becoming a little trickier um, because we had to we really wanted to uh, show that we were a professional company and so Mm -hmm. if there was any change in their schedule that caused us to have to let our clients know then it it just really became obvious that we were ready for our own space and uh moved in there we've been ever since yeah it's a great little building so cute (laughs) it is yeah yeah Yeah. how to how was that transition from you know so you know you said he's a good cook at home and all that and then so go to catering you're doing probably what at least 50 massive massive amounts of people like how how was that transition was that it was rocky at times (laughs) i mean the thing is is that he always pulled it off Mm -hmm. every single time there's only actually one thing that I ever remember Aaron making that was just like, no. <laughs> and it was for the Mass Street Mosey that happens every year. Mm-hmm. We were, during our first year, we had paired up with a, a business downtown to provide food as one of the stops on the Mass Street Mosey. And he just basically just overthought the whole thing. I mean, he Aww. just tried to, he just tried to take it in this whole other direction and it didn't work. And that's the only time wow. that he, that we really came to a point where we're like, no, we're not serving this. The rest of the time, it was just a lot of trial and error. But I mean, it, it wasn't that they, he actually was succeeding more often than not, but you know how it is with the pressure and mm-hmm. the mindset surrounding yeah. it. So it was just very, very stressful. Right. Um, but of course, we also didn't start in any sort of reasonable fashion. We jumped right into, I think our second event was 350 oh people, <laughs> something like that. Um, enormous number. And yeah. we also, at that point that we didn't think about when we booked this giant event, mm-hmm. was that we didn't have serving bowls or chafing pans or serving utensils uh, any oh of those gosh. types of things wow but you did it but we did it that's awesome <laughs> yes wow that's probably what you gotta do you just gotta jump in and right? see what, see what, see what happens, happens. and you don't out. know what you don't know so exactly. that's the biggest thing is look i look back then and i can't believe some of the decisions we made mm-hmm. and the uh, events that we took i mean the things that we said yes to but we basically mm-hmm. just said yes to everything right and figured that we would just figured out when it came along and 
and you did. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what year was that again? That was... Uh, 2009. 2009. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then what made you decide, you know, when you opened Culinaria... 2017? Yes. Yeah. So... Um, in 2013, we took this really awesome food trip to Philadelphia and to New York City. Mm-hmm. So um, we went for a week and all we did was eat. And we would go to multiple places every day and just try as much food as we could. That's awesome. And see as many dining experiences as we could. And um, in Philly, we went to Zahav, Michael oh, yeah. Solomonov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it was just such a cool experience. It was really eye-opening, um, and we just loved the spices and the flavors and various other things. And mm-hmm. so when we came back, we started experimenting more with that flavor profile and um, started just kind of spinning it into other dishes that we were making already. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually tried at that point um, through 2014, 2015, in that range, um, we were kind of trying to develop it and then to kind of get people to go along with us Mm -hmm. and it kind of worked but most people sort of wanted to keep bringing it back to center because our our whole catering concept was customizable catering so we basically did this thing that was like the true essence of catering whatever you want we can do it wow and we can however that is a crazy way to run a business and um so we were having experiences where we'd have a thing for 100 people that had mexican food and then something for 200 people that had french food i mean this was a particular weekend that we had and then we had this like argentinian inspired thing that was happening right around then and it was just so many things converging um and so we kept trying to kind of nudge people in this direction and it wasn't working all that effectively. So we decided if they could try it, then they will know what we're talking about. And that's why we decided to focus on that for the restaurant and open up on the weekends and see what happens. What made you decide to focus on like Mediterranean food? I mean, was it that trip basically after that? After that you said... And then we had the cookbook so our friend that we were visiting there in philly they sent us his cookbook a couple years after when um that was released and we had already been because we'd always been recreating things from places so we go that was kind of our thing Mm -hmm. so we would go places and then see if we could figure it out and master it Mm -hmm. and try it Mm -hmm. at home there were a lot of things like that aren't things that we would really be selling you know but it was just stuff for our own interest in food and flavor and spices and stuff. Um, but we just felt like it's, well, one, it's underrepresented in Lawrence. Very true. And so Aaron's first love um, of cuisine is Mexican food. So that's where he first started. Okay. He knows a lot of really great authentic recipes and various okay. other things. And he loves to work with, well, he loves to eat Mexican food. Mm-hmm. He also just loves to work with the flavors that you think of as, you know, a lot of chilies, a lot of tomatoes and yeah. those kinds of fresh um, ingredients. But there's a lot of Mexican restaurants in Lawrence. Yeah. And um, w- you can kind of do a similar thing in the Mediterranean genre. Um, and it's so big into fresh produce, fresh herbs, olive oil, all of those types of food that makes you feel good. Right. Um, and so that was kind of became, and then also the spices. His big thing is, is really the playing with and creating spice blends. Yeah. So the combination of things that it's where he just, it, he's always really pushing the envelope with the spice and the mm-hmm. acid and the, um, 
the heat and everything yep. to you. you know, there's all of those flavors that you get, mm-hmm. but he just takes it that yeah, yeah. little bit further <laughs> than a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's I think, great. you know, I think the, you know, we mentioned the hummus that we love there. It's, oh, it's yeah. the, uh, so good. uh, what do you call it? The, on, on top of it, that's the, 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 the yeah, yeah. Zag, yeah uh, that, that, that little heat that meshes with that. I'm like, you know, I oh, never had that amazing. anywhere else, but yeah. like, God, it really, it really adds to it, you know? And yeah. I think it's that, yeah. it's that flavor. Yes. Do you guys have a favorite dish that you serve? Or do you love them all? My favorite is the squash and chorizo. Oh, I love which that I one. love yeah. that dish. Yeah. So good. I love the pomegranate molasses. Mm-hmm. I love I love chorizo in general. So and then with the goat cheese and the um, any of those. So also with the greens and halloumi is another one of the spinach and halloumi that we're doing now. Um, I love anything that's cooked down with the with vinegar. Mm-hmm. So. Um, any of those spices as they blend into they, like any braised greens that we make or any, any of that kind of stuff. I always yeah. love it to have that kind of vinegary mm-hmm. oniony mm. kind of vibe. And so that's one of my favorite, my go-to yeah. dishes that I always want. Um, but the hummus is really good. I mean, so I, good. I still, you know, it's kind of funny, but I still, I forget over periods of time because I don't necessarily, I taste the food a lot, but I won't necessarily like sit down and eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I do at some point and, and we'll think and look, like, all wow. that time way back when we're all be like, wow, this is great. You know, it's such a funny thing when yeah. it's like, you know, it's our, our place and yeah. the two of us are sitting there and I'm like, wow. This is so good. Look what <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And he's so understated about everything. He's yeah. always just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it greatly. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Is, um, so now that you've been working with Mediterranean cuisine and all that, is, what, what have you found most interesting with it. I think I read somewhere you guys said you kind of like meshing the Mediterranean but also doing a little you know Midwestern type food as well so like yeah more... it's been interesting because yeah. well right now what seems to be happening is that Aaron's just trying to spin everything into yeah. a Mediterranean direction <laughs> so he's like well technically the Spanish were went to Peru and I they mean... did you know so various parts <laughs> of that but I think that the thing that's been really fun about Mediterranean as a, as a, a whole, it's just the amount of different options yeah. available. And so the spices have what have been really exciting mm-hmm. for us because there's still, there's new things that we will get little samples of and turn into some dish mm-hmm. that's like, that is something I've not ever quite tasted before in just that exact combination. Mm-hmm. So there'd be, oh, this is similar to this other spice that we use, or this is similar to this other you know flavor. But there's some, there's certain ones that they're just unique unto themselves. Yeah. And it's, an, an area that you can just continue to explore and come up with new mm-hmm. ways to make. And what we really talk about is that we take really pretty approachable food. Mm-hmm. So it's like food you recognize. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, obviously we have chicken dishes and yeah. steak and, you know, pork and various things, but it's taking those things, but then just having, it's about taking a, a spin that kind of gives you that sense of like, what is that? Or that's, that's not like anything I've really tasted before, but there's something that you really like about it. You know, it's, we want it to always be unique and innovative Mm -hmm. and to spark conversation or to at least spark curiosity Mm -hmm. about it. Like, you know, this isn't something that you just see every day that you get anywhere. We want to be very unique and special. 
Yeah. What sparks some new ideas? You know, what what sparks the new ideas of things that try? Well, you know, what's interesting is that, and I think this is true for everything yeah. in life, it's that when you're not thinking about something mm-hmm. is when some really amazing ideas will sort of download and mm-hmm. come in. And those are the things that he, so it's been when we've been on vacation or we've been hiking mm-hmm. or, tra- you know, we're doing something outside no of the well, we've got to make a new dish for this weekend, (laughs) you know, that's when it really, it'll, he'll come up with something that is, and it's usually just something that's just a, it's just a slight spin on something, but it's like exactly what it needs. Well, when he came up with the Terrace Major um, steak dish Mm. that we've been running and that has done, that has been really popular, the combination of things isn't, rocket science it's nothing mm-hmm. like that's super creative or anything mm-hmm. but for whatever reason the, the putting the those different flavors together has just really been a home run for a lot of people mm-hmm. it's just the right level of heat and acid and fat and everything and saltiness and everything yeah. that you want and that was one of those where we were taking the dog out to the dog park you know? <laughs> and then he's like you know just mentions that type of thing and so um there was one that he was just talking about but i can't remember any of the specifics of it when we were we were just on vacation and he was talking about some i can't even actually remember what it hey. what dish he was talking what the newest one is where uh where have you been on vacation that really it's like what's a inspired good trip that yeah really inspired you or the... well we love san diego um but mm. again for the taco shops yeah and, that. <laughs> you know that's really what we we tend to like we definitely like to go to nice restaurants and see especially mm. on the east coast to see the level of dining experience that that is just different than it is in the midwest or the west mm-hmm. coast and and on the east coast it's such a profession it is so um it's just that there's that it's very attentive mm-hmm. um, when you're, you know, all, sort of all of your, they're sort of anticipating your every move, you mm-hmm. know, and um, that's a really, that's always really a fun environment to be in mm-hmm. um, naturally when you're dining. But when it comes to what probably inspires more of our um, trajectory or sort of the passion, it tends to be more street food oriented yeah. um, places, things that are just, you know, that have a level of authenticity that are just sort of kind of keeping it real. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. something about that that is, um, that we really appreciate. And so, yeah, some of the best burritos and tacos that we had, um, San Diego, that one was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we always like to have seafood on the coasts and things. So one of the other experiences in, um, Philly that was really, was pretty amazing was a, this amazing oyster bar, mm-hmm. um, and like raw lobster. And very, I mean, it was, that was a really cool experience with all of the different vinegars and different sauces and flavors and stuff that come through in that kind of world. Yeah. That's actually been something though, that surprised us, not given the fact that we're in the Midwest may not be surprising, mm-hmm. but we have found it surprising that we have difficulty selling seafood. Yeah. And yet some people think that as a Mediterranean restaurant, we should certainly have a good amount of seafood available, yeah. but we we do have trouble moving it. Interesting. Yeah. In this environment, I wonder if it's because people are just not used to having it, or I don't know. It's yeah. weird because yeah. you know sushi restaurants are. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, tons there's a bunch. Yeah, a in bunch. Lawrence, and um, so that that's been something that surprised us about yeah. this the Lawrence location, just because it's like yeah. people are adventurous eaters in Lawrence, yeah. but then we'll have you know we'll do like a ceviche or yeah. we'll do something that's off uh, that's out of the traditional mm-hmm. like crab cakes that we've been running. You right. know, mm-hmm. if anything raw or anything like that, then it's then it really doesn't move very well which is surprising yeah i know it's been kind of the biggest so you know we both grew, uh, grew up on the east coast so oh, I, sure. I, yeah, I'm, I'm from massachusetts and, uh-huh. and kristen's from new jersey but yeah we like coming out here i was like it, 
you don't see, it doesn't seem like you see a lot, but I've had seafood out here and it is good. You know, right. it's good. You know, people are always like, oh, you can't get seafood. I'm like, no, you can. I mean, yeah. the way, with the way food's shipped now, I mean, you can get things pretty fresh, yeah. but, but it was just like, but yeah, it seems like a lot of places are, don't sell it that much. And it's probably because like, like you said, sure. I think the majority of people, and I know people I work with too, they're like, oh, I don't eat seafood. I'm not a big, I'm like, oh, why? Like, I, it's, so <laughs> it's like good. this whole realm yeah. of food that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. no, and it is. It's surprising that it's because obviously you need to sell a certain amount of it in order to ever have it on the menu. Right. And so that's where it becomes the sort of you know cycle that you never really yeah. because we it, because it's such an investment. Up, it's more of an investment up front than other things you may just give mm-hmm. a try at mm-hmm. some point. But yeah, that that one has been a little bit surprising that hmm. even in Lawrence. Interesting. Yeah. That's sort of the logistical question, just because I'm fascinated by restaurants neither of us have ever really worked in food service at all mm-hmm. um what do you have to buy the most of like in a typical day and like how do you have to buy stuff like every day how does that work um well we run on a cycle of um we do take a proper weekend we take sundays and mondays off generally and then we start everything on tuesday mornings and we do um we shop for a number of things in Kansas City, like at Restaurant mm-hmm. Depot and um, Costco yeah. and various places. Love Restaurant Depot. And yeah, Restaurant yeah. Depot's fun. <laughs> and, um, and then we have stuff that's ordered, um, like Meat LLC, mm-hmm. the meats and stuff that we get from him, um, that, that stuff is delivered. But probably the things that we, we do run back and forth to the store regularly for just kind of random little things. Mm-hmm. But the things that we buy in really large quantities are things like lemons, huge yeah. quantities of lemons. So there's tons of acid and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. We buy humongous things of tahina, which is oh, yeah. what the whole yeah, thing nice. is with the hummus mm-hmm. um, and the shortbread and various other things. Um, those are probably two of the biggest things that we get in in the largest quantities, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, of course, the the cases and things of you know things like chicken and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, but the tahina is definitely the biggest. You know, sometimes he comes in to get two big giant buckets, buckets of it, um, just to keep. You know, just because we go through it yeah. so quickly. So social media is something that is uh, really big for you guys. I feel like every day, you know, I'm looking at Facebook or Instagram, and I see some beautiful pictures of your beautiful food and. Um, just, you know, there's been a lot of times where we see something like that, um, on social media and then decide that's what we're doing for dinner. Even if we had plans to cook and whatever, we're just going to go to culinary instead because it looks great. So, um, yeah, so we'll do that. And then, uh, one of my favorite things is your hashtag that you use on all your posts, the culinary loves you. Um, just makes me feel very, you know, welcome already, even when I'm at home, like planning to go there. Um, so it's great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your strategy there. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's really, really nice to hear. Um, yeah, it's, it's an area that also is a part that I manage. Um, and it just, it comes down to the fact that I have a really clear vision for what I see this company, (laughs) what I see its identity looking like. And, um, and I haven't, excellent subject to work with. And so um, the way that the food is plated and the ingredients, the vibrant fresh food that we that we make, um, it makes it really easy to see a, a plate come out and say, okay, I got to take a picture of that. Um, and plus we have a beautiful surroundings in our building and um, other places where it kind of has something interesting in the background that you can um, 
focus on or add to the to the picture itself mm-hmm. but um so yeah it's just kind of a, it's a little bit of a a group effort or seeing what works um but then I'm always the one to kind of <laughs> take them yeah. and take the pictures and make sure it's exactly what we want and um all of that we also try to funnel through um definitely pictures of the food but then we also incorporate the building itself um mm-hmm. and we just kind of see what um what people are re- reacting to and responding to and we kind of um kind of try to not be too overwhelming with our social media but um still be very present um mm-hmm. and then as far as the hashtag is concerned culinary loves you um it's really comes down to the fact that that's the way we are and that's the way we feel um one of the best compliments actually right from the beginning um we first started catering aaron had the opportunity somebody had asked us to do uh, a birthday party for them and they said you just can feel the love in this food you just feel there's so much heart and so much love in this food and so our first website that was um, one of the taglines in it was catering with heart in lawrence kansas and um it just kind of became one of those things that we wanted to express regularly that it really is the way that we approach um, our food and every aspect of it, we're really thinking in terms of the, the customer experience, the experience from the table. And we want people to know that as we're making all of the decisions about the ingredients and the um, ways things are prepared and the way we put it all together, that we really are thinking about, um, we really want to infuse it with love. And we want to, and we are thinking about um, a, a providing a nurturing experience for people and how much that reverberates out into the world when you do that, when you create something that's warm and friendly and um, makes people feel like they're at home, only out in public, but (laughs) in a place that like you feel, you feel comfortable and you feel um, welcome. And um, those are things that we all love about Mm -hmm. you know our community and um it really has been something that we it's part of the way that we feel that we give back to the lawrence community is to to provide that kind of environment for people yeah Yeah. well i think it's a i mean that's key with food too having that as you know just um my whole growing up it's always you know food is food is love and all that so you know it's kind of a kind of goes hand in hand yeah at least it it should for (laughs) sure yeah i mean it is one of the you know it's it's an experience that we all have on a very regular basis we all eat every day um most of us cook to some degree most days and um so to have something that is just a little extra special it's a really it's just a treat that just breaks up the day or breaks mm-hmm. up the the week whatever it may be um but to have a place to relax and celebrate or just to feel just this little time out to like i'm doing something that is so pleasurable to mm-hmm. eat and to have drinks and to enjoy the company of the people you're with um you know that's it's kind of what life's all about yeah yeah i agree uh, so we've talked a bunch about the you know the food and all that but i also want to talk about the the drinks you guys serve there because sure. they are also very uh you know, very unique and, and very special. Um, just what inspires you there? What, what what inspires you for the different types of drinks? I know every week it's a little different. Every season it's a little different. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, the main inspiration is fresh fruit, basically fresh foods, um, just like it is in the in the kitchen. But um, I like fruity things, and I uh, and I like fresh fruits. I mean, I like the the um, 
extra uh, flavor and just sort of how special it is to have things that are actually fresh squeezed and made from scratch and you just can you know it's um, so much better that way and so a lot of the drinks just come from that direction it's like we try to we want to infuse some spices and some herbs and various things into them but not take it too far where it's just it's really an accompaniment to the fruit and to the spirits themselves and we also are it's very important for us that the drinks are made well that are it's a nice stiff drink you know Mm -hmm. something that isn't um we we don't obviously want it to be just overkill on alcohol but we like good liquor (laughs) and mixed well um and also something that sort of runs throughout our entire concept is that things aren't overly fussy so we want drinks to be well made to be really tasty to be unique but we don't actually really want anything that we do to be pretentious or mm-hmm. too fussy or too anything. We want it to be fairly, all, all of it to be approachable mm-hmm. and really delicious. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the main goal. Yeah. <laughs> you guys use a lot of fresh, the fresh fruits and stuff in, in those, in those drinks and you make your own sorbets and all that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So we make, and we squeeze all of the juices yeah. um, and then we, you know, we make certain things into sorbets. So the way to sort of incorporate things like, um, well, obviously citrus is easy because, you know, you just squeeze it and it's, that's the juice. But then to do any other things like apple or berries or anything else like that, the avenue is a little bit, um, it's a little easier to take it through a, a sorbet or something of that nature. Um, otherwise, other variations that we've tried with um, like pineapple, we were kind of playing around with some things with that. Um, but then you get into, get into a little bit more of like a, almost like a smoothie or something that's a little bit too thick. And so we always have to think, we're always thinking about the texture in addition to the flavor. Um, And so that's where the idea for the sorbets came into play was that we could, that kind of opened up this world of all these other flavors that we could add um, because we can puree the fruit and then freeze it or, you know, use an ice cream maker to make it. And then that is the way that we can introduce apple into the, big apple cocktail Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever it might be yeah um so that was that's kind of the the idea behind that and what's your uh what's your favorite drink if you were to just go and have a drink probably the well now the cranberry gimlet it was the berry berry gimlet Mm. um i really like the absolute grapefruit um, <laughs> that I have okay. that one in there with the with the lime. Um, I, that's probably my favorite. Um, though actually, last time a couple of my friends were in town, um, we were drinking the Park Slope Cosmopolitan, mm. and mm. that actually comes from my two of my best friends that live in Park Slope in um, New York. And we don't have cranberry other than when it's in season so Mm -hmm. we only use like fresh cranberries and make them to something Mm -hmm. and they were here in may or something like that and um so we did with the grapefruit ginger that we have for the grapefruit ginger gin fizz Mm -hmm. we added that instead instead of cranberry for a cosmopolitan and it was so tasty and so that i put that on the menu as an ode to them um but then you know as one that has actually been really popular as well so that one we were i hadn't had it for a while and um when they were here we were drinking some of those and they're pretty tasty (laughs) is it a is that a good good testing ground too for your catering business do you do drinks with catering as well we do Uh yeah yeah so have you found that to be nice with the restaurant you can do something on some night and be like oh that worked well." yeah (laughs) yeah for sure yeah and people a lot of times like now the way we work the catering side is that if somebody's interested in our services then we'll say well 
we can give you some information, but you can also just pop in during happy hour or something. That's a, you know the most flexible time to talk with me. Um, but then it gives you the opportunity. You can try things, you can have drinks, whatever you want um, to kind of give you a sense of, of what it's all about. And a couple of clients that we had in last weekend, they were also looking for their bar. And so they were sampling different combinations and different things that they may want to do. And for the catering side, we do big batched cocktails, but they follow along the same lines as these. And so, yeah. So obviously Culinaria is an amazing place to go eat, but do you have a place that you love to go in Lawrence that's not Culinaria? Well, I love Encore. Oh, yeah. I, um, in general, love all Asian-inspired mm-hmm. cuisines of all kinds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, we go there quite a bit. We go for sushi quite a bit, um, usually to Wa. And... We go 715 pretty regularly. Um, Those are kind of our few. And then, of course, Free State. Um, Those are kind of the main places that we we tend to go. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, do you you end up going out to eat a lot in in town? Are you usually busy enough then probably? Yeah. I mean, we do some. We probably, I bet we probably go out less than most people even maybe. it all kind of depends on Aaron's mood yeah. for cooking. Mm-hmm. So um, we do yeah, sort of regularly. I mean, because, you know, we have these days off that we're not in the restaurant at night. Um, but he also likes to make so many different types of things. And so sometimes it's kind of fun. Like we've actually even joked about before that it would be really cool to do like a culinary Asian, culinary Mexican, culinary, yeah. like do all of these do different <laughs> restaurants that are specific. They have the same concept, mm-hmm. but just with different yeah. genre cool. cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because of the thing that we eat a lot are things like rice bowls and mm-hmm. various things like that. He makes it home for us, but we would, you know, that kind of stuff would be um, just uh, all of those flavors or other area that he loves to explore. Mm-hmm. So he probably cooks more than, we go out hmm. i meant to ask too uh, did you guys um did you get married and start the catering business or were you already married at that point and yeah we <laughs> um actually our first event was in september of 2009 we yeah. got married in october mm-hmm. and our second event was in november wow so um we did everything sort of a funny order we bought a house um two years after we met and then four years later we started a catering company, got married, and then got the catering <laughs> company going. So, um, and we did our own food for our, for our own wedding. Oh, we wow. did it. Oh so yeah, because we're, we're total back of house yeah. folks, you know, so we are, I mean, obviously I'm front of house, but, um, but I'm also front of house in service. I'm yeah. not necessarily like, I want to be the center of anybody's attention. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of perfect for us to have other things to do yeah. and, um, not have to just focus on being the married couple. Right. <laughs> so it was fun. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. You know, so we've talked about the uh, the hummus and all that. So can you spill mm-hmm. any uh, deets on kind of what's what's the secret to that hummus? It's, it's so smooth. Like we've been obsessed with it for, I don't know, a solid year yeah. trying to figure it out because we'll make hummus at home and it's just not the same. Yeah, no, it's um, not as smooth. And we're like, oh. yeah. Well, the biggest thing is there, we don't put chickpeas in it. At all? Not at all. Whoa. Okay. Uh, okay. 
So yeah. is it mainly just tahina then? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, that so, makes sense. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. So that's the thing that we're doing that's different. The thing that we'll do is we'll roast the chickpeas and put them on top. Oh, okay. But we don't actually blend them in to the... Yeah, because... The chickpeas, yeah, eventually that's what it adds here. Yeah, you get that little coarseness or whatever. Mm, that's your texture. Okay. That's the part that can be the like that can can get a little mealy if it's not done really well. It's where you can kind of mm-hmm. um, come up against the a little bit more challenges with it. And um, the flavor of just so the other herbs and various things that and garlic and all the stuff that's added into it mm-hmm. um, are all just puree like really fine mm-hmm. and then so it's it's that smooth because it's pretty much just the yeah the okay mm-hmm. cool all right yeah so Mystery you should try solved. it that way yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, try to recreate it <laughs> yes we'll go buy some buckets of yeah i know that's what you need when yeah. you make well, hummus. Like, yeah i mean that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No I, think, wonder. I think yeah. most of our hummus rest, yeah it's yeah, the ones we've done it's yeah it's usually like half and half or something like yeah. that yeah. So, yeah man you they must really go through a lot yeah well that's the thing is that we've told other chefs that and they're like what are you thinking obviously between the two ingredients yeah, the <laughs> chickpeas are are way cheaper yeah, than the yeah. Tina, but it's worth it yeah. oh yeah it's for totally sure. worth we order it, it every sleep. time we go yeah yeah it's oh, yeah. quite tasty it's a nice, yeah. nice starter for mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah <laughs> i know and i also it's one of those we'll go through phases where i really don't have it very mm-hmm. often and then i try to get i have it again like, i'm like wow. oh my god it's so good well because <laughs> in the first couple months we were so inundated with everything there. We were just there all the time. Mm-hmm. But anytime we had a day off, we just, the last thing we wanted was anything like hummus yeah. or anything like right. that, where we want completely different style food. Um, and, but now that we have a lot more balance in our lives, there's, you know, we'll, I'll find myself in these times where I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'll take it home and I'll do something else and I'll put it in some other creation, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is good. So, <laughs> it's, it's nice. We want to thank you again for talking with us for today. Sure. It was, it's been awesome getting to kind of hear about, hear about how you guys started. And, yeah, and, thank you. And, uh, some behind the scenes uh, information. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just want to say, you know, for everyone listening, you know, definitely check out Culinaria. Uh, they're located at 512 East 9th Street at the corner of 9th and New Jersey in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. So you guys are open 3.30 to 9 p.m. Thir- uh-huh. Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we know from experience that uh, Friday and Saturday can be pretty packed, but I think Thursday is a little more open. So definitely a great option for weeknight dinner. Yeah. And you got anything uh, big coming up? And we got Restaurant Week coming up. So. Yeah. Restaurant Week is happening. And then after that... No, I don't think there's anything specific going on. Mm. Just open every weekend and welcome people in. And, and then, yeah, for your catering, uh, where can people contact you on online? Or yeah, you can check or? out our website. It's culinaryfoodandwine.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we write proposals. And we don't have a catering menu specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually keep them seasonal as well. Um, so... Um, but we can always just visit about information and we kind of, for things booked out into the future, we kind of keep it open until the few months prior when we kind of know any new ideas we may have on the catering side or what produce we'll be able to get in large quantities that we can offer and that sort of thing. So, well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. This was really fun. I'm glad. Well, that's it for our very first episode of Lawrence Fork in Kansas. We had a great time talking with Regan Pilar about culinaria. And like we said, we're just getting started with all this. So if you like what you heard, 
please subscribe, rate us. Uh, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and really anywhere you can find good podcasts. Yeah. And we also um, are just starting our social media game too. So feel free to find us on Facebook at Lawrence Fork in Kansas, on Instagram at Lawrence Fork in Kansas, and on Twitter at Lawrence Forking. Who knew there was a character limit to Twitter handles? I know. They give you 240 characters, and there you go. They limit your... Limit your handle. Crazy. But anyway, that's where we are, so please uh, find our pages and like us and follow us and all that stuff. And if you're a restaurant owner or chef in town, uh, feel free to reach out to us at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com. We're looking to fill out our episode calendar for the rest of the year, so... Uh, yeah, hit us up on at our email or yeah, any of our social media. We'll be following you. So uh, hopefully you can come join us on the show and we can get to learn more about your business as well. So uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and We'll catch you next time. <laughs>